Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today I am speaking with my friend, Danny, Danny Trioso. Did I say it right? Danny Trioso. Killed it. I killed it. I, I probably did kill it. Um, <laughs> Danny and I connected in person at the Great Canadian Women's Summit, and she spoke on the stage, and I absolutely loved her energy. So, welcome to the show, Danny. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. This is awesome. See, you have to picture when we went to the summit, where there was, I don't even know how many women, 12 women in the, in this cottage, 12 or yeah. And I mean, a lot of us didn't know each other in person and it has created this beautiful, beautiful connection of women who just from across all over Canada that are supporting each other. And you know, what, just kind of pushing each other along. So I loved it. It was just great. It was great. So I cannot wait for this chat today. Yeah, we walked in complete strangers and yeah. we walked out family. Hey, we did. We did. Like, within the first day too. Like it wasn't like no. it took a long time. It was like within an hour. Even yeah. Barb picked me up at the airport. Mm-hmm. Like we met at the airport. Like she's oh, been- oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know you met there. That's hilarious. Okay. We met at the airport. <laughs> and and because I was coming in the day early and um Barb was there so I was like I don't know if I rent a car or what and she's like oh I'm renting a car and Sarah's like yeah you can just go with Barb and Barb had been following me so I kind of knew Barb yeah yeah but I had a had a full conversation with her yeah and we See, met at the airport and then we were like we're roommates and then it was it's so wild and I think this is it like this is before we even get started in the conversation you have to know like beautiful incredible women are everywhere like everywhere and we have to stay open to it so I just it was such a great example of that yeah so we have lots of things we're going to dive into today but I want you to tell everyone where you're from I am from Calgary, Alberta. I'm a Berta babe. You're Berta babe. And I'm I'm Berta babe. You have snow. You have snow. Right now, the snow has mostly melted, but it was a winter oh. wonderland two days ago. I had to plug in my car. Oh, I yeah, we got, maybe you sent that our way. I don't know, but I don't know what this is. We have snow and it's like minus like 15, 18. Like it's yeah. November. It's November. It's crazy here right now. It's so, so wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you a reader yourself? I read books very interestingly. Okay. Let me tell you. You tell me how you <laughs> read your books. I wrote the book, How I Read It. And so people are either going to love it or they're going to really hate it. Because <laughs> I I love books, but I, I've never been the person to pick up a book, read it from front to back. Yeah. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll pick up a book and I'm like, oh, I like this. Oh, I like this. Like I'm a serial reader, but also I'm the type of reader where the only book I've ever finished, ever was grade 11. Mm-hmm. I read Twilight, New Moon. Oh, Twilight, yeah. I literally was like, 
Oh my God. By the way, this is going to be a spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read that. But I, I remember reading chapter one on an airplane and I was like, oh my God, Edward leaves. I flipped to the back of the book and I'm like, oh my God, thank God he comes back. Now I can finally read this book in peace. Like I don't like not knowing what's happening. So that's me. And I love spoilers. Like if someone's going to, I, I used to go to Harry Potter with my friend who was a diehard Harry Potter fan. Mm-hmm. And we used to sit in line. She read all the books and I would mm-hmm. sit there and I would, for like two hours in line, I'd be like, okay, what happens? Who dies? Like, tell me everything. And so I'd make her tell me the story of like, what happened? So that's how I read books. Is like, and I'll dog ear things and I'll, I'll like highlight things and I'll write notes in there and pen. I know I'm scandalous. Oh, Harry, I have highlighters, pencils, pens in mind, sticky notes, whatever. And I, I, I mean, I don't always read front to back. I read, read, read. And I'm like, yeah, not that one right now. Now I need to go this way. So my brain does that. Is there one that you've read that was like impactful for you? Oh, yes. I, the, okay. Three books that changed my life. Okay. One of them was Gabby Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back. Mm-hmm. I read that when I'm, yeah, right. Oh my God. When I quit my job and took my business full time. I read that book every single morning. I made a practice to like get up and read that book. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed that I have tattoos on my arms. Yes. It says let go and let God. And I got that oh. done, like literally handed my resignation, called my boyfriend at the time. And I said, Hey, are you working right now? Cause I'm going to go get a tattoo. So <laughs> he's like, I'll meet you there. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Like, see you there. And then me and my friend went, but it was just like, okay, let go and let God. And all my tattoos are like milestone tattoos. So if you've ever mm-hmm. noticed that, like, yes, they're all my milestone tattoos. So that was a huge milestone for me. And I remember reading that book every single morning and just like making a practice of it. And it changed my life, like radically changed my life. And honestly, I would not be here where I am today without mm-hmm. reading that. Also, Jen Sincero's. Yeah. Sincero, Sincero. Um, you are a badass. Also, it's no surprise at all. Sorry. I just yeah, I know we're all very shocked. Oh, yes. that's surprising. Oh shocking. Right. And then yeah. the third one was Mindy Kaling. Also such a shocker. Um, Mindy Kaling wrote a book called Why Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me? And I read that book and that book gave me permission to write in my own voice for the first time, like ever. Nice. I'll have to look up that one. I don't know. That's awesome. That's awesome. You'll read two pages and you'll be like, I know exactly why Danny likes this because it was like reading my own brain. Like when I read it, the way that she kind of like jumps to things, she's like, oh, side story. Oh, this. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm inside my own head and it's the best. (laughs) Like I just live there. It's so good. Isn't it so good? Like there have been times I've read Gabby Bernstein and I've read, um, Brene Brown. And the one time I'm like, I think she wrote this for me. Like, this is for me. This is totally for me. She knows exactly what I was going through. So it's just, I know what that feels like when it's like right there for you. Yes. Do you have a favorite quote that you anchor yourself with or something that you use? She's laughing. (laughs) I'm laughing because it's from you are a badass. And the minute you said it, I was like, this has to be the quote. (laughs) And it's um, Jen Sincero. And I distinctly remember this since since the first time I read it. Um, Nothing can stop a freight train of fuck yeah. Oh, 
That's, oh, that's a good one. Isn't that so good? Yeah. And like, that's why I'm laughing because I'm like, of course that's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> like, of course. Of course it did. And if you have not read Jen Sincero's book, I, I actually think I was on a plane to LA. I think I read the whole thing on the plane ride. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's really fast read. Yeah. But I was like, oh my God, this book is amazing. I finished. I'm like, shoot, that was my book for my trip. And I read it on the plane because yeah. it's a very quick read, but it's just, uh, I just loved it. Absolutely loved yeah. it. Do you have a mentor or somebody, it can be somebody, you know, somebody you don't know, somebody who has made a difference in your life? Oh my gosh. So many, there's so many. Um, I would say one of, one of my biggest mentors would be Mindy Kaling. Mm -hmm. Okay. A couple now, Mindy Kaling and Chelsea Handler. And there's something with female comedians that I didn't realize this um, because I was always so scared that because a lot of people made fun of me growing up and up until a couple of years ago that I was like um, aloof or that I wasn't intelligent because I would joke around. And so I really shied away from like one of the, one of my chapters in my book is called the seven things that I learned about while sucking at improv, like while I was just terrible at improv. And one of the thing, like one of the things that that chapter really is about is about the fact that the reason why I was so quote unquote bad, what had nothing to do with the fact that I was not good at it or that I didn't have the skills. It was the fact that I was so obsessed with what everyone thought of me that it hindered my performance. And I always say like the spotlight, I put the spotlight on the audience, not on me. And I wasn't focused on what I was doing. I was focused on how I was being perceived. And that was huge to me. And so what I started to do a couple of years ago is of course, in the personal development industry, like I, I got really hard into it when I was about 19 years old and I was listening to like John Maxwell and Tony Robbins and, and all these humans. And for a while I was just so in that world and a couple of years ago, I just started watching stand-up comedy because I was just getting like really in my head. And I was like, I need something to get out of my head. So I started watching mm-hmm. sitcoms again because mm-hmm. um, I stopped watching TV for a couple of years because I'm like, I need to be productive. Rah, right. So I got back into watching. <laughs> like, that's so funny. Yeah, like, we've don't all we do done that? it. I, we've all done it. Yep. Yeah. So I, start, I started watching TV again. I started watching sitcoms and I started watching the Mindy Project because everyone said, you need to go watch the Mindy Project. You need to watch the Mindy Project. And that show got me through a breakup. That mm. show also got me to to really see my comedy style really went from self-deprecating humor because I thought people don't think I'm intelligent anyway. Oh, so yeah. would I, yeah. um, right? Or like, yeah. like, I'm always the chubby, funny one. I'm never like the, the ingenue or like the chosen one, right? There was such a mentality and story around that, that after watching Mindy Kaling in that show, I noticed that she made jokes like, and this is, you're going to notice so much, um, of just hanging out with me in person. Now you're like, Whoa, okay. I see it because she's, she would make jokes. Like oh, that's such a lie. I'm such a, like, I'm not an 8.5. I'm like a 10. Okay. Oh like gosh, she makes yeah. jokes like that. <laughs> and I thought, Oh my gosh, if I've been making jokes this whole time, just like hitting myself over the head with a hammer telling me I'm not good enough. How can I utilize it's such a natural part of who I am to skyrocket my confidence Mm -hmm. and own my intelligence. Yeah. And so I started being witty instead of just, Oh, to do, to do. I'm like, I'm no one's listening to me anyways. Right. Like I started to really utilize my intelligence and utilize what I actually liked about myself and, and geared towards comedy in that sense. 
And it was so empowering, so uplifting, and also just being real. And mm-hmm. I think Chelsea Handler does a beautiful job of that. Oh, she of, does. Yeah. Right? She She's does. just like, I don't care. Like, there was that one, she she has this comedy special, and it's called Uganda Be Kidding Me. And it's about when she went to Uganda. And she's just talking about how people get so mad on the internet that she just like posts these topless photos. And she's like, so you know what? Here's a photo of a horse. And she's like topless on the horse. And she, so it's like how she utilizes, this is what you don't like about me. And that's okay. Here's mm-hmm. more of it. <laughs> like It's just that like, I'm going to turn the volume up. You can put on your headphones. I'm not going to stop. And so that, those two people have been like massively influential. I completely can see that. 100% can see yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I the wish thing. <laughs> you saw the difference. Watch, I do post videos a lot of the time on my page. You'll see a video if anyone goes to it, or even if you see, there's, there's a comparison video that I always post and it's 2017, 2016, Danny mm-hmm. to like 2018, 2019, Danny. And you can see the difference in how I hold myself. Mm-hmm. see difference in how I speak. I'm like whispering into the microphone and my phone goes off and I'm like, I am so sorry that my phone has gone off. Like I just, it was so apologetic. And so like, like life is great guys, but please like, don't look at me. <laughs> like life is great, but don't look at me. Don't listen to me. Like it was interesting. And then, um, compared to 2019 like the first video is like, bah, 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 what's up guys? Like it's the difference is powerful because I know exactly now is who I've always been. Mm-hmm. And before I thought I had to apologize for it. See, and this is going to lead in perfectly to what we're talking about. And this is what I think is so important because people are so, we, you've said it already, but we're obsessed with what people think of us. We are obsessed mm. with what the criticism is going to be and all of those things. So I think it's, there's a couple questions I want to come back to after, but I think wow. it's a perfect time that I want to say, like, let's talk a little bit about your book that's coming out. Mm. Tell us the title, tell us what it is. Tell us um, like what the book is about, because this will tie in perfectly. Yes. So I'm really excited to release this. It's called Get Off Your Ass and Into Your Life. And it's Overcome Your Fears, Take Action, and Stop Apologizing for Living Your Dream Life. And this book really was the most powerful thing I've ever done in my life, like was write this book um, for a multitude of reasons. But I looked on my shelf and I had 30 plus personal development books. And they were all telling me either how to live my life Mm -hmm. or how people live their life. And there was really no room for personal exploration unless it was here, meditate on this, <laughs> write a journal entry about this and move on to the next chapter. And there's some that were like, take action right now. And there was no story into it. So I'm like, okay, there's no in between. There's no humanness. There's no comedy style. Like everything is just so serious. And so I would say that, I would say that like the personal development industry, I noticed that they have a giant stick up their butt. For, for many different reasons. And I'm like, we need to take this stick out. We need to play a little. So this book is actually inspired by a lot of my university career in mm-hmm. theater, which is very ironic because about a year and a half ago, I didn't talk about the fact that I had a background in performance. I've been acting since I was eight years old. Well, and, and I only got to know some of this from getting to spend time with you. And yes. I just, I, I have to say, I mean, we, we just met each other the day before and what happened on Saturday morning for anybody who obviously they weren't in the cottage, but yeah. you come walking in and you're like, so you guys are speakers. Is anybody open to doing some breath work? I'm like, sure. I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) we're just doing some really cool things. And I, that's when I learned a little bit about what your background is in voice and and leadership and and stage. It was, it was really powerful. 
Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I love. I love doing in-person things Mm -hmm. Um, because it's just so powerful too, to just be in, in a space and be able to feel yourself in the space. And it's something that you can do digitally, but it's just so different. Like that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I love doing in-person events and just working with a lot of the places that I speak at. I ask to either be in the room like the whole time or be a part of the energy within the space through the weekend or something like that. I'm always like, great. How can I, like, I'd love to come and speak. I'd love to come facilitate, but how can I just spend time with your people? Like, Mm -hmm. how can I just spend time and like energy and stuff like that? Because even such a micro moment like that, it's, it connects us on such a deep level. And then it connects like me to myself and you to yourself too, to just like be a body and space and energy. Mm -hmm. And it's really powerful. And I love, I love voice work. Like I just love it so much. And that was so much of my life for years, like four years of my university career was three hours every single Friday doing that. Like three hours. It was so powerful. And like, I never talked about it ever. Yeah. No, no, no. It's part, this is part of you. And this is like, this is a big part of you. So it's almost like this underlying person has been there all along. And then you had to get to the space of not worrying about what people think about you, say about you judgment. And now you write a book about it. So do you see that there's like this, like these like two big bridges in between. And how did you make that gap? Like, how did you get to the space of saying, you know what? Screw it. This is me. I'm good. Yes. I was such a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I say that in the most loving way to my past self. I was such a people pleaser to the point where I got a degree in being other people. And I think that's very ironic and hilarious. And I love saying that, but it's so true. Like I wanted to be someone else to get approval so bad that I went into a career of acting and theater where I have to be someone else to win the approval and the audience. Like, yeah, like how just metaphorical, like, like never so- looked at that. I never looked at that's, that's so true and bold and yeah. point on. Yes. Isn't yes. it perfect? So like I yep. spent a majority of my life cause I started acting when I was about eight and then um, up until a couple of years ago and I still teach and stuff like that too. So it's still very much huge part of my life. Like standing outside of audition rooms being like, I hope they like me. Like how like funny is that based on like what I teach? Because I'm not even me when I'm in there. But anyways. Yeah. Right. Like I hope so. And they would teach, you gotta be neutral. You gotta walk in neutral and then be a different person and then go back to neutral and be like, thank you so much. And like leave the space and don't look them in the eyes and, and don't do this and don't do that. And all these things that are valuable now looking back and how they were taught wasn't as productive as they could have been mm-hmm. knowing how people can receive things mm-hmm. and knowing how it can really affect someone. Cause there's some stuff that was said to me that like you bob your head too much. I once had a professor hold my ponytail saying you bob your head too much. Do it oh. now. Hold my ponytail. Little things like that. Yeah. And be like, don't bob your head. And I get it because he was saying, you're supposed to be a different character. And this is a very Danny mannerism. Like, how can you Yes. Um, utilize like just little things like to be someone else in this space or to feel what they feel. And stuff. but the way that it's taught sometimes can come across very, you're doing this wrong. You're the wrong type of person, or you're doing this wrong in order for someone to like you, you have to change or something like that. So it was just really, really, um, a lot of a mind shift of seeing it from the outside, I would say. So mm-hmm. the pinnacle moment, like there was a pinnacle moment there was a lot of things in my life where I was having family drama blow up. I was having 
Um, I was in an internship where I would walk into the internship and be like, good morning, everyone in the office. And I had a managing director who hated me. She made me cry one time. She even told me a monkey could do my job because I asked her what a wingnut was. Because she said, the intern can get the wingnut. And I said, hi, like, sorry, I don't know what a wingnut is. Like, I don't, I'm an actor. I do what not build props. It's like a little wing. <laughs> like, it looks like wings. It and goes It goes on a screw? Like the back yeah, of a... Yeah, it's like a back of a screw. Oh, okay. Totally. So I was like, I don't know what this is. I think I get this at Home Depot, but can you tell me, like, where I get it? And she's like, you know what? Like, don't even look at your list. Like, I didn't even make a list, but I'll just tell you where to go. And honestly, like, I shouldn't even have to do this because a monkey could do your job. And she was just so mean to me. When I would walk in and I'd be like, I brought donuts for the office. She would slam her door. Like, little things like that. And I had one of my friends say, well, maybe, Danny, if you just weren't so happy all the time. And I was like, oh, damn you. That's crazy. (laughs) Right? I was so mad. That was the day I grew a backbone, I say, because I remember saying, fuck that. Like, I refuse to change who I am. That was the moment. I refuse to change who I am anymore. Like, I'm done with this shit. Like, I was so mad. And then watching actors audition, mm-hmm. it was my dream theater company. I was like, it was children's theater. I was like, I'm so excited. And I saw these actors walk in that I was starstruck. They were like very local famous. Like, oh my God, they're at theater Calgary. This is so cool. So I'd see them walk in. And the people who were trained in theater, I would see them walk in, drop every part of who they were, perform, drop every part of that, go out neutral. And I was like, I can see who you really are. And I can see what's really going on and and what, Mm -hmm. and you're so stressed out and you're like, please give me this job. There were some people who just walk in, they'd be like, this is a formality, like not care. And then there was the people who I was fascinated with, who you could tell. We're like, let's just give this a try. And they'd walk in and they'd break all the rules. And people would be like, that's amazing. They were so good. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they never acted before. All this stuff. And I just started thinking about how screwed up it was that we're taught to change every part of who we are, walk into a room, be someone else, go back to neutral, but we're never taught to come back home to who we are. And this is why from a psychological standpoint, this is why a lot of actors, when they do a lot of um, like meta acting and stuff like that, right. Where they go into living a different life, quote unquote, trying to think different thoughts and change their belief system to embody a different character, but no one's teaching them to come back to who they are. Mm-hmm. And we wonder why actors lose themselves and we wonder why tragic things happen and how people perceive the world differently after they do a role. And it's like, you're not teaching in traditional theater there. And from a sense, it's like, you don't have enough time sometimes to teach that because the classes go really fast and stuff like that. And how do you teach that from a big book? Like I've been on both sides, mm-hmm. but that needs to be an integral part. And I honestly wrote this book thinking as uh, several things I was thinking, Number one, I don't see myself on it in any of this. I want to write something for me. Mm-hmm. Number two, I was like, I want this to be in the school systems, mm-hmm. in acting specifically, because they need to teach you to come home to who you are. Was- and number three, I was like, for entrepreneurs, this needs to be something for you to get out of your head and actually experience life and go out and be bold. And at the end of every single chapter, there's a dare. It's not only, it's, it's, it's a choose your own journey slash choose your own adventure. Like open any chapter, do whatever feels you feel called to do. But there's dares that are like, rip out this page, write a love note to a stranger, leave it on their dashboard. There's one that's like, I have a blessings bingo in there where you like rip it out. 
and you track your blessings for the day. And like one is like, give a compliment, receive a compliment, give a hug. Like, and some of it is like someone paid for your coffee, go pay for someone else's coffee. And then one of my favorite things is just an experimental sheet where you just pick five things from this list of things that I give you. And you're like, completely drop any expectation, like any expectation, what's going to happen. And you just see what happens. And that's one of my favorite things to do is just like, let's just see what happens. So one of the things is like, um, I have the book over there. I'll grab it later. But one of the things is so funny. It's like, there is, Oh, um, make three new friends, write their names here. Like just make three new friends today, write their names below. Like, who did you meet today? And then one of them is call, don't text. Like, instead of when you're going to text someone, just call, see what happens. Like if you're about to respond, someone says, Hey, what's up? You're like, hi, how's your day? Like, just, <laughs> I love it. Let's cause anarchy guys. You've been connected. That's anarchy. I know. That's so funny. I used to, have a prof- right. I had a professor who used to say, if you want to scare the shit out of someone, go up to them, look them dead in the eyes, completely open, roll your shoulders black, back, say, how are you feeling today? And listen. And how wild is that? And just like freak them out. Um, there's also one of the things in there that says go into a crowded room and yell, the floor is lava and see what happens. So there's fun stuff in it. And it's like a discovery session. Every single chapter, like there's chapters called um, ditching the A plus attitude and getting a A plus for living your goddamn life. There's like the milestone mindset. There's also chapters like um, beard, check, tattoos, check, emotionally unavailable, check, check, check. (laughs) And like just everything for love, relationships, business. And it's like a total exploration. And it's hashtag I did the dare for the D. That's so awesome. So how did you get to be this person who not only decided to show up in her life as boldly as you do? And I mean, I was in that room when you spoke, you definitely made an impact in that room with women who were like, Oh, it's like, she's giving me permission and allowing me. But what happens is, is even if you give permission, I know it. Some women are like, I don't even know who I am. I don't even know what I like. I don't even know what I want to do because I've spent my whole life trying to make it about everyone else. So how did you, like, what advice would you give, but how did you make that leap to get to this space of not only am I going to live in that energy, I'm going to write a damn book about it. Like, write Like that's a big, big, big ass leap. I love it. But how did you get there? Yeah, that's some big Danny energy. Some big, some D energy. big Danny energy. <laughs> that's also a chapter. It's called that big D energy, though. It's big Danny energy. Um, of course, <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, yeah. and it was micro decisions. I started to really get fed up with. I went from fearing criticism, criticism, to getting fed up and feeling misunderstood by criticism. And mm. there was micro moments where I just, and that's where it happens. The micro moments, the in real time. There's a a less like a teaching, I guess you could say in the book that I say, do things in real time, see how you react in real time. And it's IRT. And I say, when you're, cause it's not, I could sit in the car and say, I'm so open. I'm so fully expressed in who I am. I'm so like woke. And then I could get in a room with my brother and be like, right? like and just like be triggered and have those reactions in real time. And so I started to notice mm-hmm. where in real time I would shrink. It was just first, first and foremost, it was just awareness. Like, Ooh, interesting. And I always teach when I do um, voice or anything, I say, huh, cool. Like, I think I told you that when we were doing the voice work where it's like, oh, weird. If you have a lot of saliva in your mouth, you just say, you're like, huh, cool. Interesting. Weird. Um, that's fun and exciting. But if you also are like, I'm just going to sob, or I feel like throwing up right now, or I feel like I just want to jump up and down. It's like, cool. Huh? Cool. Mm -hmm. Like, don't judge it. Don't try to make sense of it. Just recognize it. 
And so I started walking to rooms and feeling shy. And I started walking to, and I was like, huh, cool. Interesting. Didn't judge it. Didn't figure. I'm like, huh, yeah. cool. Okay. I started walking to rooms and feeling like a lump in my throat, like an actual physical holding on my tongue. And wow. I was like, interesting. Huh? Cool. And then I started to, to walk into rooms with different people. And I was like, I feel so powerful and fully expressed. And I feel so excited. And I started to notice the people around me, what energies made me feel what the spaces that I was in, what energies made me feel what. And I always teach that there's like a volume knob on how much you allow yourself to be fully expressed. Mm -hmm. And when it gets to a certain volume, there's these neighbors upstairs where it could either be these voices in your head or actual physical people in your life that come in when you put yourself up to a certain point of full expression and say, keep it down. And you have a choice in that moment to evict them (laughs) or turn down the volume. And a lot of times we have our volume knobs set differently in different parts of your life and different experiences. And that's why I teach the book as I do. It's like a litmus test for your life, because that's what it took for me to be. It's just, it's always a discovery. Like even now, even now, every day, I'm like, oh, interesting. I feel weird right now. Or, oh, interesting around this person. I really feel like I can't speak up. I wonder why. That's interesting. I'm just not judging it and just recognizing it and recognizing the repeated patterns because it might not be the person. It might be the thoughts that that person evokes. So I started noticing people, if they were making more money than me in the coaching industry. I put them on a pedestal and I thought they were better than me. And I tried to figure out what they were doing different. Mm-hmm. Oh, been there. So yeah, been there. right. Yep, exactly. So I was like, interesting. And I was like, what about people who are making more than me outside my industry? How does that affect me? It doesn't. Interesting. So does this have anything to do with the actual money that they're making? No, it has to do with me questioning my authority as a leader because I'm two years into my business or three years into my business or whatever. And they are five years into their business and they're making this. And I don't know their whole story, but I'm pretending in my head mm-hmm. and thinking in my head and filling in the gaps that it's always been easy for them. I wonder why. And then I started to realize, oh, it's because in high school, I always felt like I was friends with the popular kids, but I was never a popular kid. So I wasn't the chosen one, right? And you start to see these like oh. little ties in your life where you're like, interesting. This brings up this and that that's where that goes. And you, it's like a little kid playing with blocks. You're like, does this fit? No. Okay, cool. Let's try something different. Does this fit? No. Okay, cool. And then you're like, interesting. This is just so interesting. And then with all that put together, you get to decide in any moment, do I expand or do I shrink? And I say, anytime that you choose to expand, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of what people are saying, regardless of how you're feeling any moment, it could be a micro moment of you're sitting at the dinner, like you'd be this small. You're sitting at a table at a restaurant and you want dessert, but no one else wants dessert. And in that moment, if you, if everyone's like, oh yeah, we should go. And you're like, no, 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 I want dessert. And they're like, well, we don't really have time. And you say, I have a, can I get a dessert menu? Cause I'm going to get dessert to go like small micro things like that to saying, you know what, I'm uh, that was actually really disrespectful. And I don't appreciate what you said to me, like any point in time or saying, I am going to wear the sparkly fucking shoes. I'm going to do it right. Any moment that you decide to expand is a victory. Oh, oh, 
there's okay. There's just, there's just so much in there that I can unpack. And I just, I I mean, I love the word expansion. Expansion is such a big word I find, but I just want to sum up a couple of things that you said for everybody to really let it land. You cannot change anything without awareness. So you have to be aware of what you're doing, how you're reacting, what you're saying, and then you don't tell stories to it. So a story is not, I mean, it's our stories are killing us. Like we just, Mm -hmm. Oh, there I am. I'm, you know, not good enough or not compared to somebody else. And I'm not as this, I'm not as that, whatever that is. But instead with the awareness is saying that that's interesting. So to this day, Danny, you don't know this, but to the, like that, that, and that's okay. Are my two things that I go, which of course is so funny for anybody who knows, Danny knows, and that's okay. is something that she says, I say it yeah. all the time. It's like, Oh, that's interesting. And that just means I'm not attached. Now I'm not attached yeah. to the story. I'm not attached to what happened. I'm not giving it value. I'm not feeding it. I'm not making it bigger. I'm not making myself less. It's just, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Or, that's okay. Like, that's okay. Yeah. For people, if you're ever going through a difficult time and you have a, a, a challenging situation or people in your life that, you know, can be confrontational, I'm telling you, there's so much power in the words. That's okay. So when a person comes, if you're in a difficult situation and they tend to say something and you really struggle with it, I always go with the back of the phrase, that's okay. Like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing there or just okay. Because there's no argument or energy that comes from it. So learning to say those things and embody them and have them be part of your life are crazy, crazy powerful. But that is where that changes. Like that's where that change starts from. And you can either expand or contract and it's a choice, right? Every single thing we do every day, all day long is a choice. We decide which one we're going to do. So I love the expansion. I love that. Yay. And even if this is one thing too, that I love the, and that's okay. Um, I'll tell the little micro story around that. Do you yeah, mind? Yeah, please, yeah, yeah just for ahead. people who yeah. are wondering, um, I started saying, and that's okay. After someone in high school messaged me and said, wow, you're, you're coach. Like someone who I might add, I almost went on a date with them when I was like 15, 16, whatever. Like they're not my ideal client. There's just random guy that I went to high school with who slid into my DMs on Instagram, decided to look at my course for some reason. He was trying to woo me. It was a very strange situation. And he slid into my DMs. He saw my course and he said, wow, that's so expensive, blah, 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 blah. And started saying like how long it would take him to, to afford that. And that's insane that I must be raking in the dough. Oh, and I said, and I laughed because it was after a really difficult time in my business where my, my income was like up and down, up and down. So first I thought it was so funny and I, I just looked at it and I wanted to be mad at it and I wanted to feel justified and being hurt. And I wanted to just like this person who wasn't my ideal client. I was like, Oh, do I change my prices now? And I just looked at it once again. I said, that's interesting. That's very interesting that I feel like, cause your, your body will actually go through emotions. Like emotions are energy in motion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know where I heard that, but I heard that years ago. And like, I, I it just it. came up recently. I know. I just, I oh, can't even yeah. actually Tony Robbins said that at the event last, last week, he did say that like your energy is, we say it again, your emotions are emotion, energy in motion. Yes. Energy in motion. So it might yes. be me a Tony Robbins thing. Cause mm-hmm. I used to listen to him all the time. Um, 
So yeah, it's just like your body, you'll feel it. Like it'll, it'll be like a wave where it just like it hits and then it kind of has a little wave to it. And then it just like settles. And so if you watch that and you're just like, huh, interesting. This is so weird that right now I want to, I want to fight back. And then I'm going to take a second to breathe. Now I feel like I need to justify being hurt. Oh, now I feel like this. Like <laughs> it's just, I just watched myself go through these. I felt that, but I was like, that's so funny. And I looked at it and I looked at his statement. And I, this is something that I teach actually the processes, um, that I want to gift you guys with. I go mm. through a very distinct process where I do these three steps when any, whenever someone is confrontational or there's a trigger or something like that, I go through these three steps, especially if someone's like, I feel like they're criticizing me or it's something that I don't agree with or what. So the first step is I check the source. <laughs> the first thing I did is I check the source. So it's just like you, if you're, if you're writing something, there's a quote, you got to check the source, make sure it's correct or incorrect or what merit it has. And so I thought in my head, okay, I'm going to check the source right now. Is this someone who is going to buy my product? No. Is this someone who does something that I teach on? No. Is this someone who (laughs) I want to help in some sense, like with my message? No. Is he in the industry? No. Does he understand the industry? No. And all these things I was just like, okay, cool. So go through step one, check Mm -hmm. the source. Step two, check yourself. So I go in and I'm like, what are my values? Like where, like, what do I believe about this situation? Like from a total, totally unemotional standpoint, what do I believe about this situation? Do I believe in my prices? Yes. Do I believe in my course? Yes. Do I believe that my course can help all these people? Yes. Are there people who have taken the course who've gotten amazing results? Yes. Are those people business owners? Yes. Are these people the same type of industry that this person is in? No. Like it was just so clear that, okay, this has nothing to do with me. And then my third thing is adjust accordingly. So check your, check the source, check yourself and then adjust accordingly. And I thought, okay, cool. Do I need to adjust anything here? And sometimes when I check myself, I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I need to adjust some stuff. Right. And this doesn't fit in with me or my values or anything like that. But I just checked it and I was like, Nope. So I said to him, that's quite the projection onto something you might not understand. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And then, and that's okay. Became my, my mindset and my mantra, my, my thing, because I realized for so long, I felt like I had to be justified or I had to justify myself or I had to over communicate or I had to make explain. someone understand, yeah. explain myself and, and make someone understand and get it. And for that moment, I was just like, I'm done. Like, that's okay. Like mm-hmm. that, that's okay that he thinks that mm-hmm. that's fine. And it's like, I told my brother at Christmas one year, I was like, he told me he blocked me because I post too much on social media. And I was like, that's okay. Like, I don't wake up every day wondering, and I call him Sasquatch. So I'm like, I don't wake up every single day wondering what Squatchy needs to hear from me that day on social media. Like I don't. So I was like, and that's okay. And it was such a freeing moment. But anytime it's just like, and that's okay. Like, is this really something that you want? Do I really want him? Like, I want to, I want to make him sign up for my course so badly. No, right? so like, that's okay. Even if it was somewhere I'm like, Oh, dream client. I'm like, if they don't understand my backing or have the respect for my opinion or my belief, they're not going to have a respect for my program. No. Like, and that's okay. 
There's, I hope that's landing for everyone because there's so much power in what she's saying. And I love that three steps in being able to go through and decide that source and look at it. Because I've had, we were, I mean, we'll, we'll talk just briefly, but we were talking about the editing process of a book and how yeah. challenging that can be and how people will say things. I mean, when you're, when you're doing a book, I can't, it's just like the biggest thing I've ever done before. Yeah. And no matter how many times I edit it, editors looked at it, friends checked it. Like there were still mistakes and there were, there were mistakes right up until a couple of like the week before. And I'm like, Oh my God, look at this. And a friend, a friend who I trusted, like it came to me and said, okay, I know you're going to want to know about these ones. And they were blatant like mistakes, but you read it so many times. And yeah. then you have to build that skin. And then you come to this space of like, there's so much vulnerability in showing up as yourself, but when you put your life in print and you actually show yourself in print, that's out there forever. It's yeah. a different level of vulnerability. And I went through a massive vulnerability hangover to be completely honest. I was like, yeah. what did I just do? Like, did I actually just put that out there? And I shared a part of my story in my book that I, I mean, it was from back from when I was 12. I never really shared that. And I had friends who didn't know. And they're like just emails and calls going, what the heck? You never, but I just didn't. It was just, but it came in the book. Yeah. There's a massive vulnerability point. And as you do that, like you're raw, it's, I knew it was the right thing to do. I don't dread, I don't doubt any of it, but it was a very raw moment. And then all of a sudden you have people who come up to you that are saying, you know, I've highlighted where your mistakes are. I'm, I want you to see what grammar mistakes you made. You did this. And it's like, what the, like, it doesn't prepare you for being in that space. And as I, we were talking before we actually started recording is I remember in this situation saying to this person, like, is that what you took from my book was where my spelling mistakes are? Because I poured mm -hmm. my entire freaking life into that book and my heart. And Hey, I found a mistake in Oprah's book too. So anyways, um, oh, it's good. good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that makes so, me feel so much better. Yeah, doesn't it? But it was just, you know what, at the end of the day, again, check the source. She's not my client. She's not a person I'm ever going to be working with in this capacity. And I, I know I did the best I could. So I'm good. I'm good. And I just let it go. And there's so much power in that. So as we start to prep to like the release of your book, has it been a bit of an emotional roller coaster already before it's even released? Yes. And I know the answer. So <laughs> yes, it's so funny because there are, there are stories in the book of some of my exes that will read this book. Mm -hmm. Um, one of them I've told as I've read the chapter to them. I mean, like, this is my perception. And it's just super funny that little things like that, like I know that one of my other exes who I dated for four years is probably, his whole family is probably going to read the book. They're going to have a whole lot of things to say about me probably, or yeah. say about my experience, which is fine. And that's, that, and that's okay. And that's their perception. And I think the hardest thing was talking about, because there's sometimes where the story that you're sharing is also someone else's story. Mm -hmm. And when it's so deeply tied to someone else's story and they're not ready to share it, you have to be very cautious to make sure to take full ownership that this is your side of the story. And here's the thing. Even if you do that and you do everything in your power, some people might not understand and that's okay. Yeah. And one of the things that I talk about in the book that was, um, 
pretty like, I'm sure that more stuff will probably come out as like my family reads it. And like all the Italians read it. Like <laughs> the Italians, I bet you $20. The Italians. I'm going to get a call from my dad. Cause they're going to be like the Italians read it. And this is what they, this is what's happening right now. <laughs> There's it's so funny. Cause on the back of the book, it says like five stars. This person said this five stars. This person said this. And then it's two stars. My father stopped swearing on the internet. I, I love the back of that. I just think that's hilarious. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so accurate, but that's the thing is like, one of the things that I talk about is my family lost everything when I was like, like 18, like, honestly, it's a blur. I tried to map it out. And I'm like, I don't even know mm-hmm. what my life was in those three years because it was like 17, 18, 19, my world exploded. I went from being like, okay, cool. My family owns two businesses and there's like that, like we own multiple properties and, and whatever. And like, like we owned a pub and a painting company and all that stuff. And then it was like, and I was going to university and, and I, I was in my first year and then I walk upstairs one day and it was going into my second year. I'm pretty sure I tried to check this with my mom and both of us are like, what was life at that time? Yeah. yeah we don't even yeah. know, like somewhere within that time span. And so I walk upstairs and it was just like, we're getting divorced. We're selling both the companies. We're filing for bankruptcy. We're moving out. Um, also like you have an option to either stay with your dad, who I wasn't speaking to at the time and had a very terrible relationship with at the time, or you can share a bed. My mom was like, you can share a bed with me at my grandparents house or at her parents' house. And so my dad is moving with his parents. My mom is moving in with her parents. And my brother, my older brother was moving in there. And I had the option of figuring out where the hell I was going to live, living in an unsafe environment, what I deemed as unsafe for me, mentally, physically, it just didn't feel safe. And, or share a bed with my mom at 18, 19 years old (laughs) and live out of boxes. So I decided to move into the sketchiest basement suite, but there was just like that moment where everything changed in an Mm -hmm. instant. And I said, I remember I I was late to brunch and the story is also in the book. I was late to brunch and I said, I can't deal with this right now because I'm late to brunch. (laughs) That's what I said. That was my response. I was like, I have to go. Like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm already late. So I meet my friend and she just said, what's up? And I started sobbing into my pancakes and like uncontrollably sobbing the entire time. And it was just such a massive thing in my life. And as I tell this story to you guys, to you and anyone who's listening, I want to be very aware. This is my perception. So there's things, there's a lot of things, especially when you're dealing with parents and kids. I feel, this is what I feel. And you might have your perception of this being a mother yourself, but there's things that parents don't tell kids because protection, mm-hmm. um, like maybe a, a spouse did something or a yep. spouse said something and you're like, I don't want my kids to know this or I don't want my kids. So there was so many years after that of what all came out from that of like what the actual situation was and mm-hmm. and the whole bankruptcy like I didn't even know about the bankruptcy I just thought we lost everything like that I didn't even know about that until years later it was just all this stuff started coming out and I totally am aware that a lot of the stuff that was said in my perception of it was not the whole truth was not it but it was my still still my story so having conversations with mom I think was the hardest part because I was sitting there and I was doing the final edits and I said, mom, this is what's in this story right now. I'm saying that we lost everything. Well, we didn't lose everything. We sold the businesses. I was like, okay, I'm going to change this. We sold the businesses. You guys didn't tell me that, but whatever. Okay. Um, and we lost it. No, we didn't, we didn't, we filed for bankruptcy. Okay, cool. Like I'm going to make sure that that's accurate. 
And then I was telling her my perception. She's like, well, that's not the whole story. And I said, number one, I'm not going to tell them the whole story because that's not the point of the chapter. Number two, I don't even know the whole story. No. I just know my experience. And I told you that I said, and this is why I don't really believe in like first impressions. Like, yes, there's an instant first impression, but I believe that you can be with yourself. Like I've been with myself for like 26 years and I don't know all about myself. So that's why I would say like, you don't know not. shit. <laughs> like, no. You don't know shit about other people too. And so leaving that humanity open to say, yeah, you're right, mom. I don't know the whole story and that's also okay. And here's my side of the story. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that it's not accurate. And if you, if people, and I'm sorry, if people are going to call you and you're going to be like, no, that didn't happen like that. Like, I'm okay. If you disagree with me was a conversation that I had to have. And it was a very vulnerable conversation. I said, it's okay if you disagree with me because this is my experience and this is how my brain processed the experience and this is how I remember it. And I had that conversation. That was a hard conversation to have. This is what I'm putting in this book, just so you know. So when the Italians read it, <laughs> this is what you know what we said. <laughs> and I didn't go into a lot of detail. And she still felt like that's not that's not the story. That's not the whole thing. That's not everything. And I I just had to be like, and that's okay. And I'm not going to go in depth. And I'm not going to say, by the way, everyone, let me do a whole chapter on what my mother thought. Like you write your book, you tell your story this is my experience of it. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the most vulnerable things you can do when you write a book. Cause there's all my exes will read this. And there's people who there's a guy who's I'm going on a coffee date with tomorrow who I went out with in high school. And there's definitely some stories that do not make him seem the best. I never mention anyone's names no. at all, unless it's like with their permission with certain. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, he'll read that and he'll know instantly that that's, that's about me. him. <laughs> yeah, he'll know. He's going to read it and he's going to be like, and that's me. Um, <laughs> but that's okay because it was just my experience. And when when it's someone who you don't know, like who wrote a book, you're like, oh, like whatever. Like you just like take the story for what it is. But it's like when your story is also their story, mm-hmm. I can imagine how triggering and how invasive that can feel sometimes. It's, it's tough. And I, I mean, that's a big part of what I do is helping women with their story, but to be able to share their story from their perspective, it's not about, you know, I mean, essentially you should respectfully be able to share a story about someone as if they were in the room. Like it should be a respectfully be able to do that. And you have to do it from the standpoint that it is about you. And I had a few people come up to me at the summit before I spoke and say, um, I'm fascinated to hear you talk because I don't think you can share a story respectfully about someone else. This is before I went up. I'm like, Oh, interesting. Like again, back to interesting. And I said, you know what? Yeah. Interesting. Why don't we actually talk after I talk? Why don't we do that? Right. Cause I thought, you know, before you go speak on a stage, you have to be in somewhat of a zone and you can't like, you can imagine those comments. If I'm going to take that personally, the second before I go on, like, how would that feel? How would that work with my, and then change the delivery for everyone. But at the end, the one person had said to me, I got it. I get it now. I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I was sharing it in context about someone else. And I'm like, yeah, that's not your story. That's gossip. Like yeah. sharing my story is my story, not about anyone else. It's about what did I go through sharing someone else's story. That's gossip. That's not mine to share. And that's someone else's journey. And I think that's just the perspective I tried to write the, the book and be able to, and even from then just move forward, right? Is be able to share it from my perspective. Everyone else mm-hmm. is going to have their opinions and, and I can't control that. That's just not for me to own or control. A hundred percent. And I think that's so powerful what you said. It's like, what's the difference between gossip and like 
taking full ownership of your ownership of your story. And that's so powerful. And I think even with my background in playwriting, it's that you can tell something that is like, you can tell a story that's so deep in your soul, Mm -hmm. but you can do it in a way that still respects other people. You absolutely can. But here's the thing is that some people also the people who are in that story still might not like it, but you can do whatever you can do in your power to share it so respectfully and so lovingly and from your own perspective and stuff like that. And just allow that to be enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I think that's beautiful. And I think that there's a lot that people can take away from that, that will like light up and, and make that clear for them in their, in their life. So where do we get this book and how, I know you have a group for people who've done pre-sales. So tell people about it and how to get it. Oh, so, so exciting. So, um, first and foremost, you can get the book at daniellejerusa.com slash book. (laughs) Super easy. Super easy. (laughs) Super easy slash book, um, which is really fun and exciting. And, there's pre-orders and there's fun things for if you order multiple copies right now, we have a buy one, get one free Mm -hmm. on, and then we have a buy three copies, get stickers, buy five copies, get a mug that says extra, extra be all about it. Love it. (laughs) Which is so fun and exciting. So it's really fun and playful and they're all going to be signed by me. They literally come here first. (laughs) I sign them all. I'm going to sign them all. I'm going to write you a love note. I'm going to kiss it with bold ass lipstick and I'm going to send it with so much love to you and to your door and stuff like that. If you're based in Calgary and you happen to be listening to this, anything that's in Calgary, I'm hand delivering. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. kind of like fun, exciting, which is going to be so fun. Um, and I'm going to be like Santa, but like with glitter, it's going to be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. But so that's fun. And if you're in Calgary, we're also doing a book launch party. So that's daniellejerusa.com slash events. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also super exciting. And then I have an experience group because this book is very experiential. It's like literally in real time. How do you respond? How do you react? So we've changed the experience group into what it is now, which is like a membership style. And so when you do pre-order a book, you get a hella discount on this experience book you, or experience group. You get, I think it's over 75% off. Nice. Pre-order and you get into that experience group. So you'll get a little email that's like, thank you so much. And if you happen not to get the email, maybe it goes to junk or something, just email me or direct message me on Instagram or whatever. And I'll make sure that you get that discount. Cause that's awesome. me being like, thank you so, and you get it for life. You get that membership for life. Cause eventually it'll be a month to month membership, but anyone who's in it right now gets it for life. And I share dares in there. I share action steps. You see since day one of me writing, So you see the process, there's chapter excerpts in there that actually aren't in the book. So you get exclusive access to those. And then, right. That's so cool that you had, because you're in the group, which is so funny. It's so funny because I was in the group before I actually met you. Yeah. I, I, and I was like, oh my God, I love this girl. I know what she's like. And then all of a sudden I met you at the event and it was like, oh yeah, no, definitely, definitely connected. So loved it. It's so fun. I say, we do like discussion threads in there. So I'll be like, Hey, like when triggers come up for me, you'll know, because I'll say, Hey guys, like just exploring like a kid playing with blocks. I'll say, Hey, this is what is coming up or what, what's your opinion on this. And it, if you have always felt like you sharing your voice, cause this is me growing up, you sharing your voice causes conflict or chaos. <laughs> and that has been your experience. Mm-hmm. You're going to come into this group and you are going to be blown away with the amount of unconditional love respect and care in this group. Cause you'll see discussion threads where people are saying a million different things and no one is going on to someone else's thread and saying, you're wrong. No, no. one's going on to someone else's thread and saying, 
oh, I disagree. Everyone's just like, this is my opinion. And -hmm. then they just leave it. And I'm like asking more questions, like let's uncover this. And then maybe I'll do a live stream training or something on it. And it's just a beautiful place where you're respectfully held unconditionally. I think that's one of the most powerful things ever. And also um, that's what I requested when I started the group, which is really cool because I said, hey guys, I always saw myself as a writer, not a performer. So here's something so vulnerable. And I read audio chapters. There's audio chapters in there that there's nowhere, nowhere else. And it's just, yeah, it's just a place for me to come and be vulnerable and you guys to also receive that and then to receive trainings and extra stuff too. Oh, I will make sure all that information is there in the show notes because I think that that's really... I think it's really powerful. And the reason you have that energy in the group is because you were clear in what you wanted from the beginning. Like, I think you were just clear in what you wanted. And I think that that's great to be in that space. I actually think, I know people say all the time, negative things like they do this, they're judgmental here, this, I'm like, you know what? I think that that's there. If we look for it, I think there's a lot of cases. I hear all the time. People say women don't actually collaborate and support each other. I'm like, I don't know what women you're seeing, but I mean, I am surrounded by incredible women who are like, Hey, how can I help? What do you need? What do you like? Let me lift you up. Let me share what you're doing. It's not like that. And I think that when we're open and come from that open space, we see that that stuff is out there everywhere. 100%. And when you hold the standard, like yep. your life will calibrate to you because I can say that there's, that whenever I meet people, I'm like, of course, like I'll meet, sit, sit down with someone, um, just happens to be beside me at like a brewery and I'll be like, oh, so sorry. I stepped on your toe. And then we'll start randomly talking. And I'm like, of course you're an influencer. And of course you teach on spirituality. And of course you, of course you do. Like, of course we think the same or like even people who I don't even, wouldn't even think to talk to. And we just happen to like, be like, oh, you dropped this. Here you go in like a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Then someone who I'm not like, oh, you for sure, like, like spiritual, are you for sure like woke or whatever, right? We make up in our heads like identities for other people. Always. And always, right? It's just honestly like human brain does that. It's like, it, it loves to make associations and mm-hmm. play the match game. So it makes sense that it would do that, right? But those moments where we're just like, oh, of course this person who I like would never have guessed is into the same stuff as me. Like, of course you are a raving fan of the office and you've like watched all the episodes, but also you've read Gabby Bernstein. And of course you went to a Tony Robbins thing last weekend. And of course, and it's just so funny. Even if they don't like the same stuff as me, it's like, they speak my language. And it's because I hold the standard for my life based on these micro moments of choosing full expression and expansion and saying, I'm still going to show up. I'm still going to show up. I'm still going to show up. And then you build so much momentum that you stop seeing anything else other than what just feels like you've seen, heard, and understood. Mm -hmm. And that's also like the reticular activating system in your brain too. You probably know this from- I do. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I always say it's your brain is a giant Google search engine. This is Danny doing science. Science. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm (laughs) ready. This is like how I teach science. Um, So I think of it like a giant Google search engine. And so if I typed in pink flamingos, it would be like, oh, do you want images from pink flamingos? Do you want experiences? Do you want, like, what do you want? Do you want to just see the color pink? Do you want to like look for that? Like it is so powerful because it brings you so many different options. So if I said, look around and look for red in the room, like you can't shut that off. Cause like now you're gonna be like, Oh, like when you go to your kitchen, you'll be like, now I'm looking at red again. <laughs> Cause like you just put that in and you type it in and you go, okay, search. And it's going to bring up everything. So if you say rejection 
it's going to be like, do you want emotions associated? Do you want videos of every time you've been rejected? Cause I have that too. Like it just has everything banked in there for you. So yes. you get to choose what you type into that search engine every moment. I, I just think it's just so, so, so powerful and sharing how all of us, we, that's just our norm. We go back to that, that way of thinking. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. So let me ask you, um, I think you've probably said it, but I think we can sum it up here. What impact do you want to have in the world? Mm. I, so I have this catchphrase that I randomly made up one day and it's you're fabulous. Stop being so secretive about it. And I think that's really what I want to imprint on the world because I think this idea of humble, like we are taught to be humble and we're taught to be quiet about who we are. And I honestly, conspiracy theories, I think it's because like, if we're so powerful and if we own our voice, mm-hmm. it's so powerful that people will feel threatened because they have been in power even in our lives, they have been in power from a standpoint of domination Mm -hmm. and that like dominating energy and making people be submissive so they can feel powerful. And I think of it like, you think of like the, the dude on the beach, who's kicking down sandcastles to impress this chick he's got on his arm or whatever. Like that's the mindset that I like think in my head is happening in this world. And if that little kid stands up to that bully or whatever, then that bully is going to be concerned about how he's perceived in that moment. And that right there is like every structure in our life or in our world right now that mm-hmm. you can see crumbling around because people are starting to own their voice. And I think the more that we own our voice, it's like you being valuable doesn't take value away from someone else. I always say like, if you have two $20 bills, it's not like this $20 bill is more valuable than this or whatever. Right. And even like $10 and $20, it's all money. Mm -hmm. And if you put it together and you put them together, they don't devalue each other. They actually like sum up together to be more valuable. So if we just come with that mentality and we stop being so secretive about the things that really make us amazing, then we'll also stop trying to fit into each other's puzzle pieces. Like I always Mm -hmm. say, like, like a giant, pu- I'm like a really big metaphor, visual person. So am I. So am I. Yeah, no, totally. totally right? Yeah. 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 So I think of like a giant puzzle piece. And the only time that we get really like afraid of, oh, maybe I, I haven't found my purpose or maybe I'm not doing good enough is when we see someone fit so nicely into their puzzle piece and we say, why not me? When our puzzle, like there's a space, a hundred percent. So if we stop that and we just like own our own individual voices, mm-hmm. I think a lot of hate and a lot of stuff in this world that is unnecessary chaos and unnecessary drama will start to dissipate. And so people all the time, I, I get like random things like you're so c- conceited or you're so self-obsessed or wow, you're really cocky. And I just say, thank you so much <laughs> because I'm like, yes, because it's a social construct. Hubble is a social construct. I actually have a chapter called don't listen to Kendrick Lamar. Listen to me because of his song humble. And I'm like, don't be humble. Don't sit down, stand up, be loud about who you are. Oh. Because that's what I want. How awesome is that? I think that when we start to stand in that space, I think from a spiritual side, I think we actually show others that they're not alone. I think we show them that we give permission for others to be themselves. I think that we show them the way that it can be done, like like allowing yourself to be in that space, standing up and boldly like saying, yeah, I've made a bazillion mistakes. I'm about to make more and it's going to happen. And, and that's okay. Like it's mm-hmm. okay. We that's give that energy. And I think it's just allowing others to say we're not alone. And I love that. I think we're just more alike than different. We're way more alike than different. Oh, yeah. So much more. So 
Absolutely love that impact. I have one last question for you. And this has been such a gem. Honestly, I just, I can't wait for this episode to come out. But my last question is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh, Mm -hmm. I am most great. The first thing that came to my head, which I'm actually surprised about is like the amount of rejection that I faced in my life. Like I, I think I'm most grateful for that. And the amount of times that people didn't like who I was and the amount of times that me just being me caused chaos and conflict. And yes, that's like a major thing that I teach on now. And that was a major pain point in my life. But if I never experienced that type of, I guess, adversary, you could say, Adversity. I'm like, what's, what's the word? Um, it's okay. Right? I make up words too. That's I know you do make up words. I love it. You'll see so many made up words. I have a glossary in the back of my book because I make up <laughs> words. Um, yeah, it's just like to feel all that, that is what gave me permission to say, okay, I'm going to still be me. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm still doing that every single day. I'm saying, okay. I'm going to still be me. Like even through the editing process, I had some family drama this week and it's like, okay, I'm still going to be me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that continual choosing. And I think I'm the most grateful for it because honestly, if I can do it, anyone can. And I know that's such a cliche thing, but it's true. Like if I can go from literally having a career and being other people for the approval of others, and now I have a career and being myself for the approval of myself. And that's how I make money. Like, you can do anything. You can do anything. I love that. And I, I love that ending to say that. I think there's so much power in that. So I will put the information in the, in the notes. I encourage everyone to take a look at this book because I cannot wait to get it in my hands. And to, I know, I know it's awesome. I just absolutely love it. And as you said that, when I was looking over at my bookshelf, I'm like, yeah, there isn't really much there that's about, like that isn't from that angle. Yeah. And the fact that you can take some of what would be considered the worst things as far as the rejections in your life have made you who you are that I call as someone who's owning your choices and taking responsibility and Mm -hmm. saying, you know what, thank you for this adversity because this is allowing me to be me. And when you do that, that ripple of what you allow others to do, you give permission. I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. Beautiful ripple Mm -hmm. effect. Absolutely beautiful. So I cannot thank you enough for being here today and for sharing this space and energy with me because I adore you and I cannot wait to see you again in person. Oh my God. I love you. And I can't wait to see you in person too. And just thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.